Hello and a very good morning to you, our valued listener. We're happy to be with you again on your popular radio talk show, NASCO Moments Radio Show. Now, how many times have you washed your hands today? Every nation's dream is to achieve a sustainable improvement in the quality of life of its citizens. One of the vital ways this can be achieved is by delivering quality and affordable health care to individuals and respective communities. Nigeria, like other countries around the globe, has made concerted efforts in coming up with development plans for its health sector. One of such plans was the adoption of a comprehensive national health policy with focus on primary health care. The policy emphasizes preventive, curative and rehabilitative services through a grassroots approach. Unfortunately, despite efforts being made over the years, Nigeria's health system is still ranked by the World Health Organization at 187th position among 191 member states. On your very enlightening NASCO Women's Radio Show this Saturday, we have Professor Musa Ankel, a Chief Consultant, Family Physician, Bingham University and Bingham University Teaching Hospital. He is a Professor of Family Medicine and Primary Care. He will be sharing his experienced perspectives as we discuss how to prioritize and deliver sustainable public primary health care provisioning in deserving communities. Stay tuned as we return after this. Ah, ah, Mama Shakara, eh? this your shabby still is shining. <laughs> and now don't fit. How manage? Ah, my sister. Brightex white detergent, oh. Brightex detergent, not the fade cloth at all at all. And they wash clothes clean well, well. It gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and soap? No, you know the chop and oh. And it's good for washing machine too. Eh? Hmm. Mama Shakara, me too now. Brightex detergent, I go to use to wash all my clothes now. So that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex White Detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Professor Denker, welcome to the NASCO Women Show. Thank you very much. So what differentiates a primary healthcare center from other forms or other healthcare centers? Um, one of the inter- interesting things about primary healthcare and the delivery is that we expect it to start from the very lowest basic level. And some of the terms can seem overlapping, but uh, they're actually straightforward. The smallest type of health facility in the system we're running, we expect to be the health post, which caters for a neighborhood or a small village of maybe about 500. And then next to that, you have a slightly bigger one that does a little more complex things, and it's called the primary health clinic. Uh, But the primary health center is what we expect to be common in many local governments and to provide a full range of preventive and curative services. Because next to that, what you have is the general hospital, uh, followed by the tertiary hospitals. So um, primary health care as an approach is applicable in all of these facilities, but the lowest is the health post, followed by the health clinic and then the health center. Mm. And we have a slight difference in complexity of services Mm. as you go up. Why is primary health care important? Primary healthcare is critical. Primary healthcare is an approach to providing healthcare. It's not a center. Many people think since we are talking about primary health clinic or primary health center, primary healthcare therefore is the service you get there. But primary healthcare is an approach to all of delivery of healthcare and spans from promotive healthcare when people do not even have risks of disease 
to preventive healthcare when we want to make sure that risks do not translate into actual disease, to curative care, to rehabilitative care, and even up to palliative care at the point when you realize um, you can't cure this disease anymore, but you can help the person to live with it with dignity. So primary healthcare is an approach that helps people to do all of this, to access all of these services uh, in a health system. Okay. Yeah. So what are the types of medical services that are offered under primary healthcare? Okay. So and like I mentioned, you know, the full scope of services starting from health promotion. In health promotion, you are trying to make sure that people do not get into risk factors in the first place. For example, we do know that people who are overweight or obese, uh, they're more likely to develop certain non-communicable diseases like diabetes and hypertension and so on. So in health promotion, you try to get people to be physically active, to take the right type of diet. And these are services that your primary healthcare system is able to help promote through education. Uh, prevention are specific services that make sure that, uh, for example, immunization services, those are preventive care. Uh, so you can receive immunizations as appropriate in the primary health center. Uh, but then the next level is cure. And so there's basic cure services that can be provided in those centers. Uh, someone has malaria, has diarrhea, has a cough. There are basic things that can be treated at that level. Uh, the next level is uh, rehabilitation. Someone has a disease, but we can make sure that that disease does not lead to a complication. Um, so we help manage that. And then even in rare situations where people have, say, a, an incurable form of cancer and there's nothing you can do to cure it, they can live with dignity. And there's community-based or home-based palliative care, which a primary health center can coordinate the delivery of those services. Mm -hmm. So a wide variety of services actually can be provided in a primary health system. It's just that our people think that it means uh, uncomplicated, simple, or only basic things. Well, you said it can be provided, but yeah. are they being provided? Well, that's a big question. Mm. Uh, one of the challenges uh, is the difference between plans <laughs> and implementation. Mm. Now, healthcare as a whole is best seen as a systems thing. You can't deliver healthcare unless you approach it from a systems perspective. The reason is that there are a lot of building blocks that need to be put together in the right order and in the right framework before you can deliver the type of health service you desire. If you do not pay attention into that, you find that something in a sector you do not consider important is now affecting this. Take for example, we build a health clinic and we do not take into consideration a transportation road and there's a bridge that's not there or there's a culvert that's broken down that most of the community are on the other side they can't access it no matter what you put there if you put it and you don't have the right mix of trained staff and so you have only you're supposed to have say four community health officers you have one you're supposed to have a doctor come in once a week and you do not have it then you will have a problem delivering what ought to happen if you're supposed to have vaccines that are available so that they immunize children and then the system that makes sure vaccines are procured from the center brought to the local government store and delivered to each clinic if that system isn't working even though they can give the vaccines it will not take place there 
And so uh, the key reason why often those services are not available in those centers is because of failure of the system to ensure that uh, service delivery is supported. Okay. It's the Nasco Moments Show on radio. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back right after this. Ever since I discovered the secret of Brightex white detergent, my clothes come fresh, bright and clean always. It's mild on clothes and good for my washing machine. Thank you, Brightex. Brightex detergent cleans dip stains and dirt from your clothes, keeping it fresh and bright so your clothes don't fade. It lasts longer. Brightex white detergent, a quality product from NASCO. Take the Brightex advantage today and keep your clothes fresh, bright and clean. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. This is the Nasco Moment Show on radio. This morning we're looking at how to prioritize and deliver sustainable public primary health care provisioning in deserving communities. Our guest is Professor Musa Nankel. Now, Prof, what are some of the criteria that qualify a community to be deserving of a primary health care center? Well, like I shared initially, you know, depending on the size of the community, you use different types of health facility to be the focus, the nucleus from which these health services are coordinated. And so the only thing a community needs to be is to be a community. Uh, because uh, in our design, uh, for communities as little as 500 people, it's envisaged that uh, you should, they should have a health post. So a neighborhood that has as many as 500 people is a population ideally should have a health post from where um, the care of those 500 people will be co- uh, coordinated in terms of this aspect, this spread, right from promoting health to preventing health disease to curing basic illnesses and so on. So that is what is on paper. In practice, because of resource limitations and sometimes poor coordination, you can have very large communities that do not have those centers. Uh, So ordinarily, each local government should have a general hospital. And then in a local government, you have a multiple number of primary health centers. There's a ward system which envisages that primary health clinics will be available in each of the wards. Uh, But like I said, resources is one problem. Okay. Um, What is the governance structure of primary health care in Nigeria? Um, in Nigeria, we um, recently the concept of primary healthcare under one roof uh, became a reality, and uh, that is what they are working on to try to provide coordinated governance. It used to be that um, primary health care was domiciled mostly within the local government, and then there was secondary care in the states and tertiary care, some in the states, some in the federal. But the basic issue was that this caused fragmented governance. So you have local government, Ministry of Local Government, Ministry of Health, and so on. And so one of the things the government tried to do was to bring all of this together in the concept of primary healthcare under one roof so that you have a single coordinated monitoring planning as well as overseeing body. Plateau State is part of that, just like any other state, and each state is supposed to bring in certain mechanisms, about seven, eight components, to make sure that we are achieving primary health care under 
one roof. Now you have agencies like National Health Insurance Scheme and the National Primary Healthcare Development Agency and the state counterparts uh, being big portals in through which people can then access primary healthcare under one roof. Okay. Now, in what specific ways can the private sector contribute to improving the delivery of primary healthcare services in Nigeria? Well, in practice, we do know that uh, the private sector is a major contributor to uh, health service in Nigeria. Uh, it's not left to only public sector. And in fact, in some areas, the private sector, if you look at the private for-profit and the private not-for-profit like mission agencies, mission hospitals and clinics, they may contribute up to almost the same quantity as um, the public sector or sometimes even more. Uh, so they do have a key role. Uh, one of the advantages we have when we run a coordinated system is that whether you are in the business of provision from promotion to prevention to cure to rehabilitation to palliation, your role is clear whether you're providing it as a private person or as a public sector deliverer uh, of services. You'll be held to the same standards and uh, that's one of the things that we're seeking to do with the concept of primary health care under one roof and other um, concepts like One Health concept which looks at even other sectors that are determinants of health. Uh, for example, in the agricultural world, we know that we've just suffered Lassa fever. Some of the issues in control of Lassa have to do with the Ministry of Agric and the veterinary services, for example, and so on. So uh, the environment is important to sanitation and, and therefore, so all those must contribute to the One Health policy. Mm. Now, look, let's look at the communities and what roles they can play. What can they do to ensure that primary health care centers within their domains function better? In um, One of the key things that actually defines the primary health care approach is the huge component of empowerment. You don't have primary health care simply from service delivery. One of the most essential things that define what primary health care is, is that communities are empowered. They are empowered to advocate for services and so a community can come together and say look we need this type of center or this is the way the staff are behaving we need better type of staff we need more control and monitoring and supervision so communities must be empowered to make advocacy over the type of services they need for their community that is an essential part of the definition of it now apart from empowerment to advocate they must be empowered also to do self-care. Remember when we talk about prevention, uh, for example, today I left my house, I had to look for my mask. That's an example of self-care. I know that I ought to do that for myself. So personal hygiene, all of those components, it is expected that you are empowering communities to do self-care, appropriate self-care. That's part of primary health care. Finally, there is also appropriate uh, contribution to care of patients. Mm -hmm. We all know that if you have a patient in the hospital, uh, somebody is staying there next to the patient, uh, they are assisting with nursing services, they help turn the person this way uh, and, and, and give emotional support and all of that. So all of those are essential parts of empowering the community without which you don't have primary health care. So communities can advocate, communities can 
share education about self-care, communities can participate appropriately in actually providing care for those. But people. in your experience, have they yes. been doing that? Well, the problem is um, it's a matter of to what degree. Mm. Now, we know that many of the things, are some, some people are doing some things, but not to the degree that we expect in right. primary healthcare. Okay. Part of the concern is because we as health workers have not done enough to empower those communities so that they are taking up those things uh, as a reality. Thank you for joining us on the NASCO Moments radio show. The show will continue in just a moment. Ah, ah, Mama Shakara. Eh? This is your city shine. <laughs> and now don't fit. How manage? Ah, my sister. Brightex white detergent, oh. Brightex detergent, not the fade cloth at all at all. And if they wash clothes clean, well, well, it gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and soap? No, you know the chop and do. And it's good for washing machine too. Eh? Hmm. Mama Shakara, me too now. Brightex detergent, I go to use to wash all my clothes now. So that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex White Detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Thank you, listener, for staying tuned to NASCO Moments Radio Show. Our guest is Professor Musa Dankyo, a Chief Consultant Family Physician, Bingham University and Bingham University Teaching Hospital. He's a professor of family medicine and primary care. He has been sharing his thoughts and experiences on how to prioritize and deliver sustainable public primary health care provisioning in deserving communities. Uh, now, apart from the primary health care centers, we know there are several private dispensaries, clinics in our communities as well. What regulatory framework is on ground to ensure that these private entities key into government's primary health care policy? Um, actually, um, the primary health care policy is not just a government policy. Uh, I think sometimes when we see it from that perspective, it makes it look as if it's applicable only to uh, government facilities and not to people who are in private practice. It's actually a national policy. It covers everyone who is involved in healthcare, whether you are a deliverer of healthcare or you are a policymaker or receiving healthcare. We all have to key into that same framework. I like the idea as you put it, key into the framework. So um, whether you're private for profit, you have a small clinic uh, that you are running and the proceeds can't go to you alone and whoever you choose to give, or you are a church that has set up a clinic, all of those are intended and the design is such that they must work in line with the overall policy, contributing to it in terms of the service delivery point. And when there are specific policies, it will also be uh, trickled down to those to play their own role in that, which is why, for example, Nigeria has a COVID-19 policy that says um, people should do this, health workers should do that. When you see this type of case, you need to alert the state team. It is not applicable only to government facilities. Even those in private facilities need to do that. Mm. And the more we work together, knowing that we're working for the health of Nigerians, uh, the better for all of us. Okay. What category of personnel, medical personnel, mm. are usually required in a primary health care center? At the primary health care center, which is usually in the local government, you must have community health workers. Uh, community health workers are essential to its functioning. Uh, quite a lot of the health education and, and so on 
uh, preventive health services are provided by them and some level of curative services as defined by the, um, the design of the program. We also uh, do need uh, nurses, midwives uh, at that level. Um, in the ideal design, we need to have uh, a physician who will function in that area. But coordinating those type of people, uh, multiple primary health centers, say in a local government, you actually need a trained public health physician who would oversee how all of this is having impact on the health of the public and what changes need to happen. In other words, even though it's a primary health center, its duties and the expectations do not end in the facility. And there should be other people uh, monitoring and, and, and changing things in line with what is obtained in the whole community. Lack of sufficient manpower mm. has been cited as one of the factors slowing the efficiency of primary uh, healthcare centers. Now, as a medical expert, what measures would you prefer as a panacea to this challenge? The, in this part of the world, we, we do have this shortage of trained health manpower. Uh, it's, it's a problem that has been with us for a while. Uh, one is a supply side problem. Uh, we are not producing enough of them in terms of the schools of nursing, schools of midwifery, uh, medical schools. When you look at the ratios of those trained staff to the population, Nigeria has a very large growing population. Our production of those trained manpower is not moving at the same pace to cope with it. So the gap seems to be getting bigger. Secondly, we're losing some of them. Quite a number are moving into other sectors because of burnout, because of dissatisfaction with the services, with the remunerations and other, other things to make their work interesting. So we're losing quite a number. And so that's a big problem. We need to address the supply side of things. Uh, looking at uh, schools of nursing, schools of midwifery, how can we better attract the right type of people, expand those types of training and have more in line with our population without um, running away from the issues of quality. But if you don't make the environment conducive for those people you produce, you lose them. Or worse, there's a concept called presenteeism. We all know absenteeism. Somebody is supposed to be here and is not there. But you can have somebody there, but they are actually not giving you the service they ought to give you because they are burnt out, because they are frustrated that the things, the equipment, the facilities they need to work are not there. And so we need to therefore work on those environments to make sure that even the few we have, mm. they are not doing presenteeism. You walk to the clinic and the nurse is frustrated mm. and really doesn't bother to provide the quality of care that she ought to be providing or he ought to be providing. Okay. What is your assessment of the infrastructure of primary healthcare centers in the country? Uh, there's a big problem. There's a big problem. Many will remember the uh, former Minister for Health uh, came in and one of the issues they tried to do was to do a rehabilitation of 10,000 primary health centers through the country. Uh, many of them are an eyesore. And quite a number of them are really not in a state that will make anyone have confidence in receiving quality health care there. Um, the, one of the good lights at the end of the tunnel is the uh, National Health Act, which uh, created the Basic Health Fund uh, that potentially is a source of funds to be able to upgrade and to refurbish some of those facilities and so on. What used to happen in the old system it was expected that the local governments would take care of those facilities and uh, with the funds they have 
and we all know some of the challenges at that level of governance. And so um, it, is, it is a problem. Most people would not want to go into a typical primary health center because it is not up to standard. Mm, that's why um, those in the tertiary health centers keep complaining that uh, uh, people who ought to receive treatment at the primary health centers keep going to tertiary health centers. Now, in what ways can government prioritize and deliver public primary health care services to deserving communities? Um, all over the world, this is a big challenge. And uh, it's good that there's no point reinventing the wheel. Uh, all over the world, people believe that without universal health coverage, some sort of health insurance that allows people to access the essential services they need without going into financial uh, catastrophe. Without, um, I mean, if if you were to access health service and you knew that by going there you will finish half your month's salary, most people will not access what is essential for them. They may go somewhere else to try and make do. Uh, so, um, universal health coverage is essential, meaning that we must find a way of providing health financing through health insurance. Globally, that's the best way in which you can pull together the funds so that the person who has little contributes little, the person who has a little more contributes a little more, but we all can access certain basic defined services. Uh, that's the way to go. Uh, all over the world, people are trying to put laws in place and policies in place to make sure that, first of all, everybody must be covered by some sort of health insurance. Once you have that, then it provides funding for you to say, this is the basic provision of services that we can give you, so that if there's a problem, you're not wondering first, how much do I have in my pocket? You access the health facility knowing you have insurance, knowing that you may only have to top up something uh, as time goes on. So I believe uh, if we really want to be serious about this, we must go the route of universal health coverage, which means health insurance that allows uh, the population to access basic essential services as we have defined in our community without going bankrupt. Uh, it brings us to the end of the NASCO Moments talk show this Saturday. I have been speaking with Professor Musa Dankel on how to prioritize and deliver sustainable public primary health care provisioning in deserving communities. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with us today. Thank you so much. You can follow NASCO Moments Talk Show on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash NASCO Group or on Twitter. The handle is at NASCO Group. And you can send your feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Moments radio show to the email info at nasco.net. Please do not hesitate to do that. Or by text through the dedicated care line 0805 774-7777. This week on the Nasco Moments Trivia. The question is, in what year was Nigeria's first comprehensive national health policy based on public health care launched and who pioneered it? Send the correct answer via text to 0805-774-7777 and include your full name and exact location. Last week's question was... What agency has the mandate of stimulating, monitoring, and coordinating the development of the MSME subsector in Nigeria? The answer is SMEDAN, Small and Medium Enterprises Development Agency. Congratulations to our winner, Daniel Dalong from Rukuba. We'll call you and tell you how to claim your NASCO gift basket. The NASCO Moments radio talk show was brought to you by NASCO Group. It was created by Unimark Limited, Marketing Communications Consultants. Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department. 
Producer, Harun Audu. Research and Content Development, George Palm, Harun Audu, and Malau Silvanus. Production Coordinators, Salomon Audu, Malau Silvanus, and Deborah Kaladima. I am Hudun Gyan. Avoid shaking hands and close contact with people. COVID-19 is real. <music>